This is The Bannon Perspective, a podcast designed for independent thought of political issues. Not right, not left, but adult. My thinking is, if I've disappointed both Republicans and Democrats, I'm doing something right. This is Robert Bannon for The Bannon Perspective. Hello, today is Friday, May 5th, 2021, and today I want to talk about the idea of fixing the vote-by-mail system, which is, I think, a system that's here to stay, for better or for worse. But before I do, I just want to say thank you to everyone who shared or commented on my most recent episode. Uh, It was uh, entitled uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I also talked about the hypocrisy of rhetoric, and it was by far my most popular episode, uh, more than double any recent uh, listening, so thank you for that. So today I want to talk about this idea of vote by mail. Uh, It was certainly something that was attacked uh, in the most recent election, and I do believe that it was uh, full of problems Um, That's not a partisan assessment, Uh, and I think it's mainly because of how it was rolled out. Uh, It was sort of, you know, it it just was thrust upon, and there wasn't a whole lot of due diligence, and, you know, of course, COVID sort of necessitated it. So, but if we're going to do vote by mail in the future, I think we need to do things today that eliminate the concerns and issues for the future. Uh, because the you know there's a lot of criticism about vote by mail, and I, I share in those criticisms. Uh, I know personally, uh, someone showed me uh, he received three ballots, you know, his own, and then two for people who used to live at a place he rented. And I thought about what what's to stop him or someone situated like him from filling out all three ballots. Uh, really not a darn thing. So if we're going to keep vote by mail, and I think we probably are going to keep it, then I think uh, there's really uh, five steps that need to happen. Uh, First, uh, we need to purge the roles. The roles as they are now, accuracy wasn't that important because The idea was that you had to register, okay, fine, but if you had to show up at a polling place, the accuracy of the rolls really didn't matter. You know, whether you registered to vote in one location and then you moved and registered to vote somewhere else, maybe in a different state, you were still on the original roll, you know, could someone vote there? Well, someone who lived at your old address who received a ballot for you certainly could. So I think we just need to completely purge the rolls. Step two, everyone needs to re-register. This whole idea, I mean, if we're going to purge the rolls, we certainly need to re-register so that we're able to vote by mail. Um, This idea that... um, there's so much concern out there with regard to uh, voter fraud. Now, many people, if you're on the losing side 
and not just of this election, but of any election. If you're on the losing side, you know, you point to voter fraud. And if you're on the winning side, you claim how they're accurate. Well, let's stop worrying about sides and just be honest. So I think that uh, the idea of re-registering is a good one. But if we're going to re-register, I think there needs to be some type of proof of residency. So you have to identify yourself. Now that's, you know, whether it be a driver's license or a non-driver's license or some proof of identity, uh, as well as proof of residency. That could be a bank statement. It could be a utility bill. I mean, anybody who's anybody has proof of residency. Um, you know, I do think about, I have to be very aware of people who may be, as much as I hate to say it, homeless. Um, and maybe we need to, you know, address that. I don't know the answer to that component. Um, just because you don't own, well, I was going to say own a home, but renters obviously wouldn't um, fall into that category. But anybody who is unfortunately and very sadly homeless would still have the right to vote. Frankly, I have no idea what the voter turnout is amongst people who don't have, um, who, who don't, uh, have a home, uh, who are homeless. Um, that's the only sort of pitfall I see in this. And, you know, we can, uh, reasonable people can get together and figure that out. Although, if you are in fact homeless, how do you receive your ballot? Because the idea of receiving it via a post office box, that is a non-starter. You can't have that because that, you know, you, you have to be able to show that you reside in the district. Uh, number three, I believe that if you want to vote by mail, no problem, but you have to request a ballot. And it should be very, very simple to do that, whether it be online uh, or fill out a form and mail it in. I, online, I think, would be the most uh, appropriate and the easiest to process. But the idea that you're just going to blindly mail out a ballot to anybody who's registered, I think I have a problem with that. The reason I have a problem with that is that people move, people change, change residencies, and um, I, I, there has to be some kind of affirmative action there, okay? Uh, number four, when mail-in ballots are uh, calculated, there should be a place that you can go online and look. And I'm not... You know, my personal experience is you can go online and it would confirm that your ballot, ballot was received and, and calculated. That's not really good enough. You should be able to go online to your district or any district and see a roster of votes. Serial number, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You know, you make note of your serial number of your ballot, um, voted, that counted, and you know that person voted for um that person voted for Joe Biden for president and Pat Toomey for senator or whatever the case may be this does not violate privacy because only you would know your serial number and you know this prevents um ballots from being run through machines multiple times which has been alleged I'm not saying that that happened. I'm not saying that didn't happen. But what I'm saying is 
that perception is reality. And if there's really no way to guarantee that someone in some voting center calculating votes didn't run through, you know, 50 Trump votes or 50 Biden votes, you know, five times, this ensures that that didn't happen. People aren't going to just, quote unquote, trust the system. Perception is reality. And if it's perceived that that did happen or could happen, there isn't going to be trust in the system. And if there's not trust in the system, the system is broken. There has to be a way to trust but verify. So we we can verify who voted for who by serial number. And again, only you know your serial number. And, um, you know, it, it, it ensures, again, no duplicates, and you can, get, you can make sure that your vote did, in fact, count. Now, some would argue, and I think it's a legitimate argument, that, you know, the government knows what serial number you have and can vote, look to see, you know, who you, in fact, voted for. Well, not for nothing, but they can today. You know, when you walk into a voting booth, you are voter number 642. You know, does that machine know what no, vote 642, how they cast their ballot? Or if you mail in your ballot, you know, can that voting, can, can that tabulation or the person looking at it, can they see how you voted? Well, of course they can. They're opening the envelope. Now, some states, for example, my own had secrecy envelopes. So you voted, you filled it out, and you put it inside an envelope, and then you put that envelope inside of another envelope to ensure, you know, okay, I kind of get that. All right. You know, I'm less concerned about privacy. That may not be perfect, and there must, you know, there's probably a way that we can achieve this idea of an audited result or an auditable result um, that supersedes privacy. And you know what? If you object that much, you can always go in person and vote. It's just my thought. Last but not least, number five. We have to come to an agreement and establish by the legislature and avoid these court challenges to law about deadlines. You know, we had a problem in Pennsylvania where the legislature passed the law, must be done by such and such a date. The court then said, no, it can be done by this date. And siding with the um, Secretary of State. We can't have any of that. We have to set the rules. The rules have to be clear. And we have to Everyone has to know them well ahead of time. Now, granted, with COVID and the rushed um, processes that were put in place for mail-in ballots, you know, can we sort of write this off as an experiment? Yes, we can. We have no choice to. It's, It's already happened. But we need to establish very clearly up front from the legislature, not this idea of courts overriding the legislature. That's not their function as to what the deadlines are, what the requirements are. If you, you know, if you didn't sign it, does it count? Does it not count? 
and and that be the end of it. You can't be doing this post-election, okay? It only serves to provide an argument for the losing side, whoever that may be, to challenge. Why make it challengeable? You know, I have said that, you know, using my own state as an example, the Secretary of State created a challenge that was completely unnecessary. You know, why institute a policy that contradicts the law, which gives people a challenge? Now, it didn't succeed, and probably because, you know, what was what's the result? To not count, you know, 5,000, you know, legitimate ballots that were cast? Or how do you go back and say, well, those people voted for so-and-so when there's no way to know that? I mean, you can't, you know, you can't disenfranchise voters. So we have to fix the process up front. That's number five. So that's, you know, the idea. If we're going to change mail-in balloting, and we do need to, we need to put these or, or similar policies like these in place so that people have confidence in the system. You see, the old adage rings true. Perception is reality. We have to eliminate the perception of voter fraud. We also have to eliminate voter fraud. But just having these uh, changes made will eliminate the ability for some to argue when their side loses. And it also serves a legitimate purpose. Other than adding legitimacy, where people believe appropriately or inappropriately or accurately or inaccurately so, that there's problems, it makes the result acceptable, even if your side didn't win. And there won't be legitimacy for many people if the perception is that Nothing stops someone from putting 50 ballots for their preferred candidate through a banner, excuse me, through a machine, you know, multiple times. Or looking at a ballot and saying, well, I don't like that guy, so I'm putting that to the side and and skipping it and not putting it through the machine. Now, I'm not saying that those things happen all the time. I'm not saying it changes the outcome of elections. And I'm also not saying that it doesn't happen. But what I'm saying is that if we make these reasonable changes, it eliminates the possibility or that argument that people will cling to, whether it happened or didn't happen, and that's best for us all. I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to listen to this. I really appreciate it. Uh, If you think that there's some value in the things that I'm talking about. I would love it if you would share and subscribe. And uh, always would love to hear feedback. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. And I'm sure next week I'll be talking impeachment. I can't imagine that that won't be the podcast. But my take is going to be a little different from what you're probably going to hear on any news station I'm going to talk about the very specific items that are presented. So I'm going to watch hours and hours 
of uh, not Fox, not MSNBC, not CNN, or any of those guys, but of all things C-SPAN. So I get the unfiltered, unadulterated, unedited, non-spun version of what's going on on the Senate floor. I'm not going to pick and choose. I'm going to listen to all of it. And you know, try to give you a good assessment of what happened on the Senate floor. So that's the plan. Hopefully that's what happens, but that's the goal. So again, thank you for listening and would love some shares and subscriptions and have a wonderful, wonderful week.